Welcome to the third podcast episode for the spring term. And we didn't even introduce ourselves again yet. So my name is Nick. My name is Maisha. And my name is Dan. So today's topic is sustainable transportation. Specifically, we're going to be focusing on the city of Waterloo and how they're integrating the new ION LRT system in, which is supposed to come in fall this year. So I know it's been delayed quite a bit, so everyone's kind of skeptical. But they said this time they're pretty certain that hopefully... (laughs) It'll work out. Yeah. So we're going to start with a short little systems map so you guys can kind of see what the system looks like for transportation at Waterloo, as well as how the ION is going to change these systems once it's introduced. Currently in Waterloo, there's a bunch of different ways you can get around, as you guys probably all know. So I usually take the bus to school. I don't know what you guys do. Uh, they're pretty close to campus, so just walk. Yeah. I, I walk. Yeah. Ten minutes walk. Right, so definitely because we're all students, we live really close to where we need to go every day usually. So it's not too much of a commute. But some people, right, they live in a suburb somewhere, usually once they get working and have those little kids, and Mm -hmm. they need to take the bus or drive or cycle every day to work or wherever they're going. At least for me, there's a lot of different buses I take to get to campus because... There's a lot of routes. There's like the 7 I take sometimes, the 200, the 12, the 8, 29, mm-hmm. 202. There's just so many. And then there's 7 has like those l- numbers after them, like the letters. 7F. 7F, 7E, 7A, yeah. right? So there's a lot of buses that are going around the place, which is pretty good, right? Because it's definitely better than having no buses. And we get the free <laughs> thing as well, right? We get a yeah, transportation for free. Yeah. The problem I is don't think, actually hold on. I don't yeah. think it's free. We actually have to. We we paid. It's, it's included in our tuition. tuition. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's included. Free. So Nothing. Free. Well, like, not, not really free. So you might as well use the bus. You know. Yeah. For but it. if you don't bring the bus pass, they will charge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So the idea is that I think buses currently are a little bit not that efficient because of the fact that a lot of them actually overlap in a lot of their routes, right? Mm-hmm. Because the 8 and the 12 and 29, they all run the same route, and sometimes they all come at the same time. So it's not like you're really getting that great of a frequency, right? Mm-hmm. So they could do better if, for example, they were able to, like, let's say, have one bus that runs consistently at, like, a lower frequency, but maybe that comes every five minutes, right? That'd be great. Yeah. Or t- every 10 minutes, that'd also be pretty cool, right? Yeah. And that way people would be a little more happy to take the bus instead of being like, crap, I need to wait another 5, 10, or like 15 yeah. minutes, right? Right, yeah. With the ION being introduced, that's a completely new type of transportation, so Waterloo has not had any LRT before. One thing that I think they're doing that's really cool is they're really considering how not only the ION is going to interact with just people, like, oh, we're going to have people take it, but also they're thinking about how it's going to integrate with other forms of transportation, such as how are buses going to interact with the ION now, right? How are cyclists going to interact? And how are maybe people going to use the ION to maybe use further transportation, such as regional things, such as the GO trains or the GO buses, right? These are all considerations that they, I think, have taken into consideration really well. And as a result, when the the ION is actually going to be used or once it's going to be released, they're actually changing around all different routes. So a lot of the routes are going to be eliminated. I think the 200 is going to be taken away, the 202. All of them are going to change. And it's definitely going to be really hectic. It's going to be a lot of people really confused for the first couple of days when they rip that band-aid off. Yeah, but it'll be better in the long run. Yeah. Right, because it's better using all of the different bus routes to like kind of funnel into this ION's because the ION is faster, right? It yeah. has that sort of infrastructure now. Yeah. Definitely. So now people can use it to get to the places they want and then take the buses to wherever else they go. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and now we're going to have Maisha and Dan talk about the social as well as environmental aspects, and I'll kind of finish it off with economic aspects. But first, mm. before we do that, we need to define what sustainable transportation is to us. Right. When we think of sustainable, we think something regarding the environment, right? So, like, if something's sustainable, then it's probably good for the environment, and in the long run, it won't come back and bite us in the butt kind of thing, right? So... That's one interpretation of sustainable. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I read it off somewhere a long time ago. That's it. About meeting the needs of future. Um, and also the you present. Mean, I think you mean current, right? Current, yeah. As, yeah. So current and future. Right. So, so yeah. So it's meeting the needs of future, of current people without sacrificing, without sacrificing the, future. the ability the of future generations. Future generations. Right. Yeah, right. to do the same thing. It's very yeah. important. So when, when it comes to transportation, then, what makes a mode of transportation sustainable to you, then? I think of air quality, like greenhouse gases. Right. That's something, mm-hmm. you know, because cars, they generate, it's the largest producer of greenhouse gases. So mm-hmm. to me, if we have fewer cars on the road, um, then I think, think we mm-hmm. achieve a more sustainable mode of transportation. And it's sustainable because, not not just because it reduces greenhouse gases, but we also have to think about what reducing greenhouse gases does for us. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we do reduce greenhouse gases, there's probably, you know, less pollution in the air, and so less car- we're exposed to less carcinogens and things like that, right, which is better for our health and in the long run. It's probably better yeah. for our surrounding natural... Natural habitat as nat- well, yeah, yeah. ecosystem. Exactly. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit then about the environmental aspects of yeah. transportation? Sure. So, well, there's the greenhouse gas aspect that I just mentioned. Um, so I think LRT is going to you know, shift the trend, the mode from more cars to more people taking light road transit. So now we're probably going to see basically fewer greenhouse or less greenhouse gas emissions per trip compared to before. There's also the aspect of urban sprawl. You know, before when people drive, they can drive really far from wherever they live to wherever they work. Uh, so now, you know, we have our so LRT, so people can, you know, more people are gonna choose the LRT and they're gonna not gonna drive as often or as frequently. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see less of urban sprawl as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying okay, basically so it will encourage more high density development and as yeah. a result that will be better for the environment because we use up less space. Less space, yes. Yeah. And especially like LRT because it runs through central like Waterloo, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to see more high density development around like especially the uptown area yeah, and, and, I feel the, like and the areas around the, um, yeah. the route. And I feel like that also decreases gridlock, right? Because if more people are taking like one vehicle to a place, right, there's going to be less cars on the road, which means that, you know, faster to get to wherever you want to go so you're more efficient Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. overall i feel like everyone's just happier since the environment does play a role in people's moods it definitely plays a role in our social lives right so if for instance like you know the ion saves a lot of farmland and natural greenery that affects you know our moods positively right we like to see healthy growth and crop yields right like for instance like if we see a lot of rain and it's all gloomy and dark outside naturally we feel you know more glum on the inside too right a lot of the times the weather ties into our moods right um and things like that 
Yeah, that's actually a really good point. But do you think that the greenery and the nice things and like farmland affect people the same? Like, let's say I live in the inner city, mm-hmm. right? Will I be able to experience the benefits of like Greenland well, that's out there? I feel like for someone who lives in a high, very dense city, metropolis area, whatever it may be, like it'll affect you more than it'll affect most people, right? Because you haven't really seen that much. So a lot of those people actually like to take, you know, let's take the longer route, you know, there's, you can see mountains and prettier, like, you know, streams and rivers and animals. And mm-hmm. I feel like that plays a role into your whole experience while tra- like traveling, right? Mm-hmm. So if you do take things like the eye, like the eye on, right, you uh, probably are going somewhere far away. So you want to feel the most comfortable as you can, right? So that ties into that. Also, like, with new types of transportation coming in, there's a higher chance that there will be internet involved and free Wi-Fi and whatever. And, you know, as much as we like to think Wi-Fi is great and everything, it does have its downsides too, right? So, like, a lot of the times people might think, oh, like, on a bus you might be using Wi-Fi to figure out your route or figure out where you are, if you're lost, whatever it may be. But you might be using it for social media and other things too. And we all know that, Social media, ironically, doesn't really bring people together, and it has, like, the reverse effect sometimes when people feel like, oh, they're all alone, but, you know, all these people are together, you know, bowling or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that affects your mental health, right? But, uh, I mean, that also depends on your personality, too. So if you're the kind of person who just likes to sit there on their phone playing games or whatever it may be, then you're introverted and you need that downtime for yourself. But if you are extroverted, seeing all these people on their phones might make you feel like things are not so well you don't feel so nice whatever it may be right the next point i'm gonna bring up is um the structure of the vehicle you're in right so that definitely plays a role into what kind of people go on that system if we're talking about the ion in particular it definitely is going to look more higher end because it is new mm-hmm. right and that you know whole totally ties into the socioeconomic aspect of you know the class of people that take these kind of transportation systems right so if we do if this does attract more upper middle class or high class citizens within the area like people who are middle or lower class who can also afford the same system might feel better about taking the system and not feel belittled as a result of oh i'm poor so i'm taking you know the transit because i can't afford a car or whatever it may be or your beginning stages of Making a life mm-hmm. for yourself, right? Yeah, right. And so I think, as you need to guess, you know, prices mm-hmm. are high, right? So people like, yeah, I can't take cars anymore. I have to use bus. Exactly, bus right. So and people yeah, like okay. take what's more comfortable too, right? Right. And if cars are like, if you're constantly stuck in gridlock, yeah. it's not comfortable. You're like mad because you want to get home and you're just sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with LRT, first of all, it's more comfortable because usually there's a lot of seats usually sit down and it's much more smooth in a bus in terms of your riding experience yeah and then that also ties into like if there are a lot of people taking you know the lrt you might meet someone new right like for example my mom when we first moved to canada actually not obviously they they didn't buy a car right off the bat 
they, you know, had to take the transit to their local grocery store. And my mom actually met one of her closest friends while going to Sobeys. And they were both going to Sobeys, so it was kind of nice, you know. Turns out they lived in the same building, too. And she had a daughter my age, yeah. you know. It was, it was, it was how very... Did how did they meet? On the transit. On the transit? Yeah, so and she was like sitting next to, to each other. <laughs> and I think my mom might have been frustrated over something. And, yeah. like, she just mm-hmm. popped a question, like, what's wrong? Right? Okay. And then, like, yeah. they started talking. And you know, and, and they found out they actually live close to each other. Yeah, it and was all that. it was really it was really great. Like it it's was like a great way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds like right out of a movie, but you know, like these things happen, right? And they're like still yeah. very close to this day. And I still talk to her daughter too quite often. Yeah. You know, we're good mm-hmm. friends too. So, you know, I feel like transportation systems like the Ion and you know transit are a great way to you know meet new people. Yeah, especially, bringing people together. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if it attracts different types of people. Okay, so n- then moving on to the economic side of things. Mm-hmm. One thing that really differentiates, I think, the ION from, let's say, a bus route is just level of commitment that you see from the government into that area in terms of transportation, right? Because buses, yeah, they're great, but I mean, all they really need to do is plop down a bus stop where they can just as easily take it away. Mm-hmm. Whereas with an ION like station, yeah. they're not gonna just take it away. and They're not gonna just hopefully stop the LRT from running. So yeah. when they plop those stations down, the land value of the surrounding areas go up quite a bit because yeah. a lot of developers are like, hey, this place is going to be indefinitely very well serviced by mm-hmm. transportation and accessibility is usually a big factor in terms of where people choose to live. Like when I was choosing a place to sublet, one of the things that I was on the top of my list was how close is this to the university? But also if it isn't that close, that's fine as long as there's a good option for me to get there. So if there's a lot of buses and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if there's no buses, mm-hmm. right, then I have to maybe consider getting a bike, but then that means I have to take care of a bike and then it comes with its own kind of slew of problems. What do you guys think about that? In terms of accessibility, as you talked about earlier, the reason people drive is not because they don't like the environment, they don't they don't care about it as much. It's I think it has more to do easier. with waiting time. So yeah. sometimes taking a bus, it's not if it's not accessible, then it just you know it takes them a long time or twice as long uh, compared to driving. So you know a normal person you know who values their time, um, just wouldn't want to take the bus. Mm-hmm. prefer driving, right? So, And time is money, right? Like all the time you spend there, if it's not comfortable, if you can't do other things like read or enjoy or relax, then it's just time wasted in your day, right? Think about how long have you one spends in terms of just going from one place to another and how much in the long run that wastes of people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely economic development is brought to the city. So there's a lot of incentive there for sustainable transportation in encouraging as you mentioned before not urban sprawl instead more dense development around these kind of high density transportation corridors which in turn is better for the environment and also will as you mentioned before in the definition of sustainability allow more options in the future for how people want to continue to develop instead of just being like oh crap we have like 500 hectares of suburbs we have nowhere else to go everyone's stuck in these little curvy streets yeah. of sadness, right? You don't want that. That's <laughs> like suburbs are nice. Sad. They're nice, you know. But. I mean, like the thing is with suburbs. I don't know if you've noticed, but like suburbs are great if you have a car. If you don't have a car, they suck. Yeah, ass, that, that's yeah. true. Right? I haven't been someone who really often takes transit. 
mm-hmm. and lives in a suburb, I know the difficulties of right because buses have such a hard time like navigating suburbs because they have those really curvy streets right yeah. and those curvy streets make it really hard for buses to be efficient or to have find efficient routes right, right. Yeah. and furthermore it's just not very good to assume that everyone who wants to just get around should just drive because there's a lot of people who can't drive right people with disabilities right. or younger people. younger people and older people right mm-hmm. so what, what we see is younger people have a sense of imprisonment when they're in like adolescence because they are like stuck in the suburb, right? There's nowhere cool they can go or try yeah, to right, access. Right, like the really. coolest thing is the mall. Right, but they can't get to the mall usually because the transit maybe may takes them like an hour, and they're like, yeah, no, yeah. we're gonna I'm do not something gonna else." I'm gonna take then. the bus to the mall. Take, you know, my bike to the mall. Yeah. Right, and then older people too, like if they can't drive anymore for like visibility issues. Yeah they don't feel comfortable driving, then they're stuck in their house doing nothing and they don't have access, they're almost like isolated from their community, right? And then they're forced then into retirement homes and they're not given that option of staying in their own house. So really, when it comes to sustainable transportation, there's more nuanced things with why, we can't just say cars are bad, but you have to look a little bit more into why cars are exactly bad in terms of being the only solution. Accessibility, everything combined, everything. mm -hmm. So what have we taken away so far? So let's start with what Nick had to talk about. What can you conclude from? Like a summary? So I think one thing we can definitely learn from how Waterloo is incorporating their ION is how important it is to consider all the different elements of a system and how introducing a new element will like connect with all those other previous ones. Mm -hmm. So as we mentioned with the introduction of the ION, they really thought of how is this going to integrate with our bus system. And they made sure to actually adjust the bus system accordingly so it integrated the best, as well as thinking about how are people who are going to cycle get to this, and how are people who are going to walk get to this station, right? So it's really having a more holistic view of the entire system when it comes to integrating it. So that way there is the highest level of transportation possible and accessibility for people, which can be a really big deal terms of being able to give them more opportunities, places to go, and also feeling like they're in part of this entire community. Right. Talking about the social aspect of things, I think we can all say that, you know, transportation systems have a, a huge capacity to, you know, bring different kinds of people together as a result of, you know, wherever they're going, common destinations, mm-hmm. right? And they also have an impact on everyone's overall mental health and moods, depending on what they're observing around them, including the environment outside of whatever system they are taking was you know if you shift toward um lrt then uh, would be one one aspect is air quality uh, better air quality so people lrt you know doesn't generate as much co2 um, carbon monoxide particulate matters Mm -hmm. um, more specifically and then it's um it also reduces urban sprout so people you know choose to you know shift toward lrt you don't stop using cars, well, or just like you, or use just cars less as before, then that positive impact impacts the environment. What's there? There is something else that I talked about earlier. Yeah, that's about it. That's about Very it, cool. I guess. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ideas Without Borders. Special thanks to Riley Ward for the music, the School of Planning for the recording room, and Nikhil Gupta for the microphone. Check us out on Facebook at EWBUW.